Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazar! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time for part two of our discussion on the parallels between Peyton Manning's arrival in Denver in 2011 and Aaron Rodgers' arrival with the New York Jets here in 2023 with our friend who's a contributor over at Predominantly Orange and the co-host of the Mainly Broncos podcast, Cameron Parker. Cam, the Broncos got three elite seasons out of Peyton Manning. His fourth year, as we know, he was pretty much done. He got benched at one point for Brock Osweiler. They ended up winning the Super Bowl, but it was really in spite of Peyton Manning, not because of him. And that was because they had a top five defense again. But look at the offensive rankings that the Broncos had during Manning's first three years. Second, first, second. And then, ironically, they win the Super Bowl when they were ranked 19th, but fourth in defense. And that's why they were able to win it, because... They played ball control football and they were able to basically overcome Peyton Manning being completely shot at that point. However, they did go to the Super Bowl in their second year and they were ranked first in points that year. It's crazy when you look back at it because Peyton Manning in his first year in Denver, I read off his stats. That's nothing compared to what he did his second year in Denver. Mm-hmm. 69% completion, 5,477 yards passing. 55 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, 8.3 yards per attempt, a QB rating of 115.1. He had 342 yards per game. Of course, again, an all-pro that year, the MVP. So he was outstanding again that second year. That time they went to the Super Bowl. The first year, there was that terrible loss in the divisional round, that famous play at the end of the game. It was basically a desperation heave by Joe Flacco. 
And unfortunately for the Broncos, Jacoby Jones was able to get behind Raheem Moore and send that game into overtime. The Ravens ended up winning and then went on to win the Super Bowl that year. But still, the Broncos went to the Super Bowl the following year, year number two. Now, Peyton Manning, as I said, he played four years. He gave the Broncos three elite seasons. I think if the Jets could get three really good seasons, let alone elite, out of Aaron Rodgers, Jets fans would be doing handstands over that. And certainly... If they could get a Super Bowl appearance out of Aaron Rodgers, that would be enormous. Now, the Broncos won the division all four years that Manning was there. The fourth year is the one they won the Super Bowl, which, again, ironic because it was Manning's worst (laughs) year by far. But they had two divisional playoff appearances and two Super Bowl appearances. They lost the first Super Bowl. We know they got blown out by the Seahawks. They won the second one, surprisingly, beating the Carolina Panthers, but overall, if you look at what Peyton Manning did performance-wise and what the Broncos did performance-wise with Peyton Manning during the four years that he was there, there's no question that this ended up being the most impactful free agent signing of all time. I would say at this moment, you would have to put it ahead of Tom Brady only because Even though Tom Brady won a championship with Tampa, they only went to one Super Bowl as opposed to two with the Broncos. So both of them would be the two top free agent signings of all time. But Manning right now probably stands as the greatest. Aaron Rodgers, not a free agent. He was acquired in a trade. But if the Jets could get anything close to what the Broncos got out of Peyton Manning or certainly what the Bucs got out of Tom Brady, as I said, fans... Members of the organization all will be doing handstands. Tell me a little bit more in detail about what Manning did throughout his tenure year to year with the Broncos when he was there. Because as you said, very rare that a team gets an established quarterback that can come in and make that kind of impact. But Peyton Manning did. He completely turned everything around. He did. And, you know, he he's the moment he stepped into that building, it was like uh, just there was just this moment that where everything was trickled down to every single member of that organization where we are here, you know, I, I guess you could say it's the, the quoting of John Elway, but it's just like the moment he stepped in that building was we're here to win now. And we are here to win from now on with Peyton Manning. And that ended up being the mantra under Peyton Manning and yeah, they didn't make the postseason in 2000, or they they made the postseason in 2012, and it was a heartbreaker. It was the devastating loss against the Baltimore Ravens. But after that, they had the the unbelievable Super Bowl offense, should I say, that where Peyton Manning put up just the unbelievable offensive numbers. And oh, by the way, Von Miller, yes, Von Miller in 2013, if I'm not mistaken played in half the games that year because he tore his ACL. And so one more time again, like the impact that Peyton Manning has is that without Von Miller, he still was able to carry that team to the Super Bowl um, and ironically get beaten by Russell Wilson and the Legion of Boom defense, which was great in their own right. Um, But then after that, because of the performance that Peyton Manning had, it left such a lasting legacy for people within that organization and for people outside of the organization. And this is maybe one of the biggest things and one of the biggest after effects um, that 
to this certain point with the Denver Broncos has been lacking at times, it feels like. But that is, are the Denver Broncos a desirable location to come play? And after that Super Bowl loss that they had against the Seattle Seahawks, the in one free agency period, you can give credit to certainly John Elway because he spent the money, but we all know certainly there was another reason why they came here, and that was because Peyton Manning, Emmanuel Sanders, T.J. Ward, and um, Akeem Talib, uh, and Demarcus Ware were all in one off season, all in one off season. In fact, here's a funny story about Emmanuel Sanders when he signed with the the Denver Broncos. You may not know this, Scott, but actually Emmanuel Sanders was actually in the Kansas City Chiefs facility. Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs facility when Peyton Manning um, and the Denver Broncos, obviously, um, I, obviously not Peyton Manning, but I guess the Broncos called Emmanuel Sanders and asked him if he wanted to sign with the Denver Broncos. And from what I from what I gather is that he became a Denver Bronco moments after walking out of the Chiefs facility and saying yes to becoming a Denver Broncos. So there was almost like moments where he was on the rival football team and not the the uh, the Broncos team, uh, should I say. But that's the, long, that's the lasting legacy that you have. And so when you have that kind of power to bring players on, it also can prolong a team with, say, an Aaron Rodgers to play a little bit longer. So, yes, there's the the possibility that he may only be there for one or two years. But if he can, can if he brings players along, like what he's done with Alan Lazard and um, and Randall Cobb, he and he plays at such a high level, and say wins the division or they get into the playoffs and play at such a high level, they will make New York. And not that New York needs any convincing, but you make New York the capital of the football world again, if you will, and desirable free agent location. Players will will come and flock to go play with Aaron Rodgers again. So that's like one of the biggest reasons, I think, and one of the biggest underrated reasons why he did that. And because of that, you saw championships. You saw postseason appearances. You said it before. He packed so much as far as a Super Bowl appearances and postseason runs division championships in four years with the Denver Broncos that he did with the Indianapolis Colts, which is actually crazy to think about. So yeah, I would probably, and I I am biased, but I probably would put him above Tom Brady um, in that regard of terms of like free agency acquisitions, but he truly has left a lasting legacy so much so. And it is very crazy to think about this. And I don't know, if people um, outside of Denver have had this conversation, you really don't hear Peyton Manning talk a little bit about the Indianapolis Colts in terms of, you know, you know, at least in conversation. It's always about the Denver Broncos, it seems, and everything that he's done there. And he absolutely admires it. He still lives in the Colorado area. He, uh, I think his son is going to school um, in uh, one of the schools here in Colorado. They just the he's he's raising his family here. He loves it here so much. You know, he's just gonna make Colorado home. And maybe this is gonna be the case where uh Aaron Rodgers makes New York his home. It's funny you say that because everybody's been talking about how Aaron Rodgers seems to be really enjoying himself in New York and he seems to be completely revitalized. And there has been talk that if the Jets were to somehow win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, 
maybe Aaron Rodgers' biggest moment in his career ends up being that Super Bowl as opposed to the first one with the Packers because it would break a drought that's over 50 years where the Jets haven't won a Super Bowl with, of course, a team that's historic. It's a New York franchise, and maybe it ends up being like what you're saying. Rodgers sticks around. He wants to stay in New York, maybe goes back and forth between there and where he's from in California. And so if things go well here, maybe that's how it plays out. And as you said, if things go well, maybe things continue to progress for the better even beyond what we're looking at right now because Peyton Manning only brought in Brandon Stokely and Jacob Tammy year one but as you said things went so well in Denver year one and Manning looked so good coming off that injury because nobody knew exactly what to expect after him being gone for an entire year with that neck injury once they saw he was still Peyton Manning people were flocking to go play with him in Denver you just ran off the list of all the big time acquisitions that the Broncos were able to make in the offseason and so if Aaron Rodgers and the Jets do really well this year because Cam as you know it's one thing to see the acquisition on paper it's one thing to hear about what could happen the high expectations It's another to actually see it. So if, say, the Jets have a really big year, even if they don't make the Super Bowl, if Rodgers produces in a major way, like he's back in Green Bay, as if he found a time machine, the way that Peyton Manning did his first year in Denver, you could see a lot of impactful players try to come and play here with the Jets in 2024. Now, the difference here, of course, is that Manning was pretty dug in on playing a couple of years Rodgers seems to want to play at least two years, but you never know. He said he's going to start with 2023 and go from there. But obviously, we saw what happened with Peyton Manning coming in, getting that first really good year, and then attracting those other free agents in here. With Rodgers, if the Jets have a big first year, you could see something similar. So even if the Jets have a really good 2023 And you come away from it sort of like what the Broncos did where you said, okay, the Broncos are back on the map now with Peyton Manning. Very disappointing playoff loss, but the arrows pointing up, if they can make some big-time acquisitions, this team can really do something, perhaps even win a Super Bowl. Now, they didn't win it the second year, but they went to a Super Bowl. Maybe 2023 is the year that the Jets put themselves back on the map, and 2024 is the year that they really make that Super Bowl run to be determined, but the blueprint is there. We saw it with what Denver did with Peyton Manning. 100%, and you know, I think that the the we, we to circle back a little bit and you know i think that the, the this is one of the reasons why when you look at the new york jets and you look at the foundation that is already being built within that organization one it's already a young team and especially on the defensive side of the ball they do have those young pieces already built and frankly I think if you were to kind of do a little bit of a compare and contrast of where, say, the Broncos were in 2012, like we talked about before, under Peyton Manning, I will say the New York Jets are obviously much better suited on the defensive side of the ball than the Broncos were in 2012. I, the the pieces are a little bit better than what the uh, the New York Jets have than what the Broncos did in 2012 now Von Miller's a great player right but I mean like you know the players that they had are not necessarily as good as some of the Jets players on that defense and let alone 
the great defense, obviously, that is, you know, coached by Robert Sala. And plus, they were good in the year before. And when you bring in Robert Sala, um, you know, you know, for a full year, if you will, with that kind of young unit, who knows what they're going to be like, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers in that building. Um, and, you know, the one in, in, in for all intents and purposes, too, you also have a young corner in that room in Sauce Gardner who is 1B to uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, the second. I'm sorry, I had to slide that in there. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, he's a great cornerback in his own right as well. He's an all pro caliber player. And when you have that in the youth of that cornerback room, he's a special player. It just continues to raise all boats of that. Um, so I will say the Jets seem to be better suited on the defensive side of the ball f- for it to continue for many years, even beyond Aaron Rodgers, than say the Denver Broncos, which was you were adding veteran pieces along with the youth movement, but then when Peyton Manning left, things were okay for a year, but then you kind of started to see uh, father uh, father time kind of creep in on some of those players. So the fact that the young players can still be able to get the the um, the nourishment, if you will, of the postseason and you know prolong that success, I think it favors the Jets in that regard. Simply from the defensive perspective, um, and then from the offensive perspective, I think there's also a fair argument that maybe some of the playmakers that the uh, the Jets have are maybe in a better place than what the Broncos certainly had. Because, again, um, Damaris Thomas may go down, um, you know, in conversation for the Hall of Fame. Who knows? Um, you know, but, I mean, he's certainly a ring of fame wide receiver, uh, but he's not the offensive player of the uh, rookie of the year, if you will, in Garrett Wilson, right? And so you already have that uh, recognition from the national media. And the Broncos, they had a great running game with Willis McGahee, Lance Ball and you know um, and Tim Tebow, of course, the year before, and even Nosha Moreno contributing with Peyton Manning. But those are three or four guys, or right, like those are three or four guys. But you have Brees Hall and Michael Carter; those are two really big guys that you can control the running game with. Um, and so when you have that, it's just it seems like the pieces for the playmakers of the Jets side of the ball is a little bit better in place than say the Broncos were uh, from the offensive side. But that's, and that's a, that, I, I'm trying to truly be unbiased as possible there, but I truly feel that that's kind of like where things are for me is that I really feel like the Jets are certainly better uh, suited for where things are under Rodgers than say the Broncos were in 2012. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Cam, being somebody who's seen this play out with the Broncos and now watching what's going on with the Jets, what's some advice you would give to Jets fans in terms of the expectations they should have? And how do you think this is ultimately going to turn out at least year one? Do you see the Jets making the playoffs this year? Do you think they can maybe make some sort of run? What would your prediction be for what's going to happen in year number one? You don't have to give me an exact record, but if you could give me mm-hmm. something in the vicinity of where you think they end up getting to record-wise and where they wind up in terms of the playoffs and maybe whether or not you think they have a chance to win some games in the playoffs. And then, like I said, expectations for the fans. Being somebody that was in this position, how should Jets fans feel and sort of approach this right now? 
Um, I I will say uh, from a fan's perspective, try. I will say try, <laughs> try not to feel spoiled, because I will say that I, um, under the Peyton Manning years, I think a lot of Bronco fans, um, they probably won't tell you this, but I think that they, um, have gotten spoiled because of those winning years. That because of that, anything that is a losing season or anything that is a, um, it is just it's it just affects the mentality, and so, um, and and because of that, uh, I will just say don't feel spoiled, um, and uh, and also I will say try and tamper the expectations just a little bit, you know, um, don't expect them obviously to win the Super Bowl in year one. But also um, certainly expect the improvement. But I will say, uh, because of where Aaron Rodgers is and the age part of it, um, don't be shocked. And I, I only say this from the Russell Wilson perspective, right? Um, is that just don't be surprised um, if you know you do see some father time moments during the regular season. Now I will say. Uh, and I brought it up before um, in this episode is that like, don't be surprised, obviously, if you do see some much better play from Rodgers than you did with the Packers this last year, just because Nathaniel Hackett is back in that building with her, with Aaron Rodgers. And so the fact that you have the Adam Gase, Peyton Manning relationship with Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers again with the Jets, um, I think will really help benefit them and bring that stability you know, for him. And because I I think maybe at the end of the day for Rodgers and for this team, comfortability is going to be a big thing for them going forward. As far as the playoffs, it's it's hard to still predict this because, you know, the, the AFC East is going to be such a tough division. And it's going to – I have the Bills certainly still winning the division. But um, I will say – don't count out the Miami Dolphins with this. Um, I think that the Miami Dolphins are are really kind of a scary team. I know that they have uh, Tua Tagovailoa um, and everything that he's dealing with with the concussions, but it just sort of feels like the San Francisco 49ers when it's led by Kyle Shanahan. Mike McDaniel is an offensive wizard. He puts his players in a chance to succeed. He's got two number one wide receivers and. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Um, he has a running game that people can potentially turn out anybody, and they will be solid players within that running game. Um, and then, of course, he hired a defensive guru who was with the Denver Broncos previously in Vic Fangio, and we know how good of a defensive mastermind he is in scheming up and really eliminating your number one threat on a on a week in week out basis, so I would not count out the Miami Dolphins here, and I think it's certainly possible that there are three playoff teams out of this division. Um, so I, but it so it's certainly hard to say because uh, I, I think in the AFC, and I have been wondering this, is that like in the AFC, you almost feel like nine because uh, in the past, right, Sky, like it was always like eight to nine wins, mm-hmm. always kind of like guaranteed you the at least a spot into the playoffs. It almost feels like if you can just get 10 or above, you'll get into the playoffs. And so I'm almost wondering if every single member of the playoffs that goes in is going to get 10 wins. Like, I, I just feel like this is a bold prediction for me, but I feel like 
in order to get into the playoffs, you have to win 10 games. So I don't know if the Jets certainly get into the playoffs in year one, but I think in order to do so, you almost have to win nine or 10 games to do so. And as somebody who's watched both the Peyton Manning experiment and the Russell Wilson experiment, do you think it's more likely this goes the Peyton Manning way or the Russell Wilson way? It, it, yeah, so it, it's hard to answer that because, you know, uh, with the Russell Wilson thing, I I felt like in the case, and we've actually had this conversation before in terms of like what to expect from Nathaniel Hackett, right? Like when we had that conversation um, I think you saw a coach, a head coach, that was in over his head, and he got checked out numerous times during games. Now, I say that from a head coaching perspective, but we all know from a that there are just those certain head coaches that are made to be coordinators. And Nathaniel Hackett has made a really nice living of being a really good offensive coordinator. And that's also not from the Aaron Rodgers camp either he made Blake Bortles a really good quarterback with the Jacksonville Jaguars and in fact the Jacksonville Jaguars had a really good defense at that point in time and frankly should have dethroned the New England Patriots in that playoff game and they didn't um, and so you know they they really made a really big run uh, and you know and Nathaniel Hank was a big part of that and with what he did with Blake Bortles uh, so I think that right now his spot as far as being a coordinator is the best thing for him. And I think that for, you know, with what they can do with, with Aaron Rodgers and with this team and with this unit and the fact that he's already got those comfortable pieces of Alan Lazard and, you know, and Randall Cobb, um, you know, and especially guys like Garrett Wilson, um, you know, I, I really do think that there's this possibility that, um, that you will get a much, much better version of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know statistically what that would look like, you know, because I know that people are certainly speculating with Russell Wilson. Are you like, you know, like a 25 and 10, you know, until like for Aaron Rodgers, are you looking at like maybe that same camp? So it's, it's hard to predict because we all know that when you come to, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, they're, mo- they're one of the most efficient quarterbacks we've seen. So it's hard to predict, but I do think that you'll see a much better season. Cam Parker, who covers the Denver Broncos for the mainly Broncos podcast and predominantly Orange. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us this insight, comparing and contrasting Peyton Manning arriving in Denver with Aaron Rodgers arriving to play for the New York Jets. It's really a fascinating situation where there are so many parallels. So I'm glad you could come on and give us this level of insider knowledge in terms of what it was like to be there to watch that unfold for the Broncos and how you think the two situations compare. Really appreciate you coming on. For those that want to check out what you've got going on, how can they listen to mainly Broncos? And what do you got going on over Predominantly Orange? Uh, you guys can actually uh, tune into the Mainly Broncos uh, podcast live now. Um, so you guys can actually tune into it live on the MHRT network on YouTube. You guys can tune into it on Wednesdays at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain Time on the MHRT network. So if you guys want to subscribe to that, you guys can tune into us at 7.30 on that on that network. <laughs> as far as uh, predominantly orange, you know, just trying to figure out what is – possibly the best sort of article to write on so kind of like concocting the best ideas in mind and with it being the off season 
the ideas are circulating as far as what we what I can certainly write on. So I'm excited, and I'm excited to have you on the the Mainly Broncos podcast again. I know that the Jets play the Broncos, and mm-hmm. and especially from the uh, the Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson dilemma that it always is. It certainly seems like there's always a good game between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to do a crossover like we do every year. I'll go on mainly Broncos and you come on here on play like a jet. And we'll talk about the matchup between the Broncos and the jets. I'll give you some insight from the jets point of view. You give us some insight from the Broncos point of view. Always look forward to our conversation. So make sure to check out everything cam is doing right now. And then of course, make sure you listen to him when he comes back on the show, when the jets face off against the Broncos, Later this year during the regular season Check out everything we've got going on Over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel And at playlikeajet.com On our YouTube channel YouTube.com slash playlikeajet We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns So watch our videos and subscribe If you haven't already Visit our store tpublic.com That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams Blessy Thank You shirt The Play Like a Jet logo shirt Caps, mugs, hoodies It's all there tpublic.com That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content You know where to go That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com